copy of God's Word this morning, although we will be in several places. So you may want to get it out and open it and, uh, and use God's Word today as we, uh, as we make our way through this time of prayer and um, use, scripture to, uh, uh, use Scripture this morning to uh, guide your own praying. Uh, there may be uh, portions of, uh, of quiet or private prayer where you may not know what to pray, so I invite you, open God's Word and maybe find a psalm, find a passage in one of Paul's letters or somewhere in the New Testament that uh, uh, would give you words to pray to God as we uh, spend time praying this morning. Uh, since about 2019, we have held, so that's about four years now, a prayer service near the beginning of each year and usually a second one somewhere in the middle of the year, usually in the summer months. And these planned services of prayer, of time of uh, interceding and praying to God, uh, are not just so that I can get a break from preaching. Uh, far from it. Uh, these prayer services are meant to do at least two things, or help us to do two things. First of all, to get us praying as a church intentionally and purposefully. Uh, these prayer services are to help us to, as a church be in a rhythm of, of praying on purpose and with a purpose. Uh, just this last week, if you're watching Monday Night Football, you saw De- uh, DeMar Hamlin, uh, safety uh, for defensive back for the Buffalo Bills, uh, just in a freak sort of accident collision, ha- went into cardiac arrest in the middle of the game. They canceled the game, took him to the hospital, and he's doing better, praise God. But you saw in that moment of crisis, all of these football players, coaches, uh, TV analysts, not knowing what to do, and turning in many ways to prayer and seeing that even over the course uh, of the week. We as believers, as followers of Jesus, know that prayer is not just for times of crisis like that, uh, although it's certainly appropriate for it. Uh, But we know that prayer is is to be a habit, a rhythm, a regular practice of the life of the church. And so that's why we schedule these times of prayer on Sunday mornings, to get us praying intentionally and purposefully as a church. But secondly... These prayer services are meant to help to equip us to pray more effectively, to teach us something about prayer each time that we pray together, that we might pray more effectively as individuals and that we might pray more effectively together as a church. And so uh, toward that end, we followed various acronyms for structuring our prayer. A familiar one to you is ACTS, A-C-T-S, adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication, moving through your prayer that way, worshiping God, confessing sins, thanking Him, asking Him for what you need. In the year 2020, uh, we prayed at the beginning of the year with our attention on God in different directions, looking up, looking behind, looking forward, looking back. In 2021, we prayed through important ministry areas of our church. And last year, in 2022, we began by praying through our vision for disciple-making. And then in the summer of last year, we prayed through the book of Ephesians. That was fun. And so today, we aren't just praying, although we're doing that. We're also learning to pray more effectively, I hope, and with God's grace. Today, as we begin this time of prayer, I want to begin by telling you where we're going before we start on that journey. Uh, so you can prepare yourself and even be praying toward that end as we make our way there. Uh, I'm 40 years old now, and over the 34 years of my Christian life, uh, I have seen on a prayer list on more than one occasion, and I am assuming that you have too, and I've even offered on more than one occasion what I've often called or seen uh, called an unspoken prayer request. You've seen those, you've given those, you've asked for prayer for unspoken things. 
You know what these unspoken prayer requests are most of the time. And and in the best of situations, these are uh, matters of prayer that are sensitive in nature, that might not be uh, maybe appropriate for the particular context in which you are or the people that are there, but you'd like prayer, but but the details, it's just not the right time or the place for that just at, at that moment. But what I fear may be more often the case than an unspoken prayer request being something that's not quite appropriate for the moment is that more often... Unspoken prayer requests are usually prayer requests that don't get spoken because we don't trust what other people are going to do with that information. Sins that we're struggling with become unspoken prayer requests because we fear that if we say them out loud and tell people what we're really struggling with, they might judge us. A family crisis goes as unspoken because we've seen in the past how others have taken family crises that have been shared for prayer and turned it into gossip. An illness goes as unspoken because in false humility, we think that others shouldn't be bothered with this thing that's bothering me. A financial mistake leading to hardship goes as unspoken because in pride, we're ashamed to admit our failings. There are a lot of reasons we have unspoken prayer requests. I think most of them probably have to do with the fact that either we don't trust the people we're praying with, or we've demonstrated ourselves not to be so trustworthy with those that need our prayer. Whatever the reason, you see the pattern. These unspoken prayer requests go unspoken because we're not really sure what to do with these matters of very sensitive uh, uh, issues. And uh, Maybe we've demonstrated uh, an inability to handle other people's very sensitive prayer issues very well. But all the same, we are invited and called by God to pray specifically and regularly for one another. This morning, especially even about these unspoken prayer requests, this morning, church, my desire as one of your pastors to help is to help us orient our hearts to the one to whom we pray so that we can plead with him in prayer specifically, lovingly, and effectively, not just for ourselves, but for those around us as well as we intercede for other people. As we begin this morning, and every time we pray, we do well to begin by reminding ourselves of who it is that we pray to. Reminding ourselves of who it is that we pray to. When we pray as followers of Jesus Christ, we are first of all praying to God who is the Lord over everything. Isaiah chapter 40, verses 25 and 26, the Lord says, To whom will you compare me that I should be like him? Says the Holy One. Lift up your eyes on high and see. Who created these things? He's uh, pointing out to the, uh, calling the attention of his people to the stars. He who brings out their host by number, calling them all by name, by the greatness of his might, and because he is strong in power, not one of them is missing. When we pray, let us remember, church, that we are not praying to a God that we hope has enough power to help us. We pray to the God of the universe who is the king of creation who spoke the world into existence and who is in every way incomparable in power and glory and might and strength. We pray to the God who is Lord over everything. We also pray to the God who knows all. He's not just powerful over all. He also knows all things. In Exodus chapter 2, verses 23 through 25, we read these words. During those many days, the king of Egypt died. This is the time when the Hebrews were living as slaves in Egypt. And the people of Israel groaned because of their slavery and cried out for help. Their cry for rescue from slavery came up to God. And God heard their groaning. And God remembered his covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and with Jacob. God saw the people of Israel and God knew. When we pray, 
Christian, let us remember that God does not need to be brought up to speed on the situations we are facing. He who knows all and sees all already knows the situation better than we do and is already perfectly acquainted with our heart's deepest felt needs and concerns. When we pray, we pray to the God who is Lord of all creation and who already knows all of our problems even better than we do. But when we pray, let us remember that we also pray to God who already knows what we need. Not only knows our situation, but knows what we need. In Matthew chapter 6, verses 7 and 8, Jesus, when he's instructing uh, the disciples on the Sermon on the Mount about prayer, he says, when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they'll be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need even before you ask Him. When we pray, we must remember that the God to whom we pray knows our needs and is already and is prepared to meet our needs according to His perfect will. Friends, God does not need our advice or suggestions on the best way to meet our needs. He only invites us to call out to Him. When we pray, we do well to begin by reminding ourselves of who it is that we pray to. We pray to a God who, not that we hope has power to address the situation, but whom we know and have confidence has all power to do all things. He spoke the universe into existence by His own Word. He holds all things together by the Word of His power. He knows every detail of our lives and He already knows what is best for us according to His riches and glory. That's who we pray to. Let's remember that. And remembering that, who it is that we pray to and who it is that invites us to pray to Him, We do well in our praying to confess what keeps us from praying. Knowing who God is and what He knows and what He's able to do, I want to ask the question and ask the question of myself, why wouldn't we pray to Him? And yet my guess is your life, maybe a lot like mine at times, is plagued with prayerlessness. Why is it that we do not pray? When we pray together as a church uh, and individually in small groups and grow groups and even corporately like this, It helps us to to begin in praying by confessing what keeps us from praying. And there are a number of things that may keep us from praying as we ought. First of all, just sin. Sin keeps us from praying. Sometimes it's rebellion against God in our own lives, sin in our lives that keeps us from addressing God in prayer, interceding on behalf of others, going to Him for needs. Just knowing that there is unholiness Uh, in us causes us often to feel the reality of God's holiness all the more. And we may become discouraged from praying. Or worse yet, we enjoy our sin. And we don't want to pray because we don't want to be confronted by God about our sin. The psalmist says in Psalm 66, 18, If I had cherished iniquity in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. It is the case at times that when we hold on to sin when we hold on to transgression and rebellion against God, that we fail to pray. And in failing to pray, we fail to ask God to hear us. And in failing, and in failing to pray, we fail to hear what God would have us hear from Him. Sin sometimes keeps us from praying. Sometimes just disobedience prevents us from praying as we ought to. It's the simple truth that God invites and asks us to pray to Him, to come to Him. Jesus, again, in Matthew 7, verses 7 through 11, says, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, it will be opened. Or which one of you, if his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? 
Or if he asks for a fish, we'll give him a serpent. If you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? So ask him, Jesus says. Peter in his first letter, 1 Peter 5, 6, and 7 says these words. He tells the church, Humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God so that at the proper time He may exalt you, casting all your anxieties on Him. Why? Because He cares for you. It is the case that often we fail to pray just out of plain disobedience to the godly invitation to pray. God says, pray. Ask of me what you need. Cast your anxieties on me because I care for you. I know what you need even better than you do, and I'm ready to give it to you. I need you to ask so that you can recognize your dependence on me. Pray to me. And yet we don't. We just disobey that invitation. So sometimes sin keeps us from praying. Sometimes disobedience, sometimes selfishness prevents us from praying. Often a perspective on what we think is best for us And a desire for God to give us what we want is what prevents us from praying, or at least from praying effectively. James, the brother of Jesus, in his letter to the church, writes in James 4, verses 2 and 3, he says, you desire and do not have, so you murder. You covet and cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel. You do not have, because you do not ask. And you ask and do not receive, because you ask wrongly, to spend it on your passions. Does selfishness keep you from praying and from praying well? Does a focus on praying for what I want, the way I want from God, who I treat like a genie in a bottle on my nightstand, does that prevent you from praying well, from really seeking God's desire and will for your life because you're too focused on yourself? Maybe you need to confess selfishness as a hindrance to your prayer this morning. And sometimes, and this is not an exhaustive list, but sometimes just a lack of faith prevents us from praying well. Sin, disobedience, selfishness, self-centeredness, and a lack of faith. Again, James, the brother of Jesus, shoots straight to the matter in his letter to the church in James chapter 1, verses 5 to 8. He writes, If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith, with no doubting. For the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that's driven and tossed by the wind. That person must not suppose he'll receive anything from the Lord. He's a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. It's not only in praying for wisdom, as James describes, that doubt, that a lack of faith is a hindrance, but all prayer, I think. It's not uncommon for us to be prayerless because we simply do not believe that God hears us or that God cares or even that God can do anything about our situation. How often do we go about life as functional atheists praying to God only in times where there is absolutely nothing we can do about our situation, like Damar Hamlin laying almost lifeless on the field of play in Cincinnati in the middle of an NFL game. Why why is it that only in times of great crisis, or so often only in times of great crisis, that we turn to God? I think sometimes a lack of faith that God sees, that God cares, that God can do anything, even in the, the more mundane moments. Remember this morning who it is that we pray to. The God who created all things, who's Lord over all of it, who knows all that is going on in our lives, in your life specifically, and who knows what you need better than you need it and is ready to give it if you'll ask Him. And let us for a moment recognize what prevents us from praying. Is it sin? Is it disobedience? Is it selfishness? Is it a lack of faith? I want to invite you just now for the next few minutes... 
There'll be some music playing in the background. Just where you are privately for a moment. We'll pray in small groups here in a little bit. But just where you are personally and privately, take a moment to pray and confess what keeps you from praying. In your prayer, recognize who it is that you're praying to, the God of all creation, who knows your life better than you do, who knows what you need. And then confess whatever it is that prevents you from praying. Is it sin? Is it disobedience? Is it selfishness or self-centeredness? Is it a lack of faith? Whatever it is, right now, in your own way, in your own words to God, either silently or, or uh, maybe in a whispered prayer, take a moment, take a few moments and pray, confessing these things to God. Father, even as we take time to confess our prayerlessness, being reminded of who you are and that you've reminded us to pray, I'm reminded, God, and, and I confess that often I don't pray because I'm just, I feel like I'm too busy to. My head's too full of to-do lists and stuff that needs to get done and what comes next that just filled up all that all the time in the day with doing things and not giving any of it to being with you. And I pray that you would not let that be in any way a, a habit or a pattern or a rhythm of our church. That as a church we would be so focused on what needs to get done that we would forget to pray or feel like prayer is somehow lower on the list of our priorities. God, there's nothing that we can do apart from you. Teach us to depend on you in prayer. We do well when we pray together to remind ourselves of who God is, to confess our prayerlessness, what keeps us from praying. It's good to also take time to thank God for His faithfulness. This one, I hope, is uh, easy for us. Last Sunday morning, we spent time in Lamentations 3, verses 22 and 23, thinking on the unchanging faithfulness and the ever new mercy of God that is to us. Lamentations 3, 22 and 23, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Without much prompting, I just want to give you this, this short uh, encouragement to take time right now, again, just quietly where you are, to thank God for His faithfulness, reflecting on and thanking Him for the ways that God was faithful in the year behind us, in 2022, and maybe in years behind us. What prayers did God answer last year for you in your life? And maybe answer in ways that you weren't expecting, or you were uh, hoping for something different, but He answered it in a better way. What provision did God give to you or to your family over the last year that demonstrated His faithfulness how did god demonstrate his trustworthiness his dependability in your life last year i want to invite you to take time to pray and thank him for that and i want you to thank also thank god for his faithfulness in the year ahead of us for the faithfulness that he'll demonstrate that we haven't even experienced yet for prayers that he will answer for provision that he will give for demonstrations of His grace and His mercy that He will show. Let's take time and thank God for His faithfulness ever before He's even shown it to us, knowing that He has been and that He will be. Pause for a moment. Thank God for His faithfulness to you.
God, as we think on your dependability, your faithfulness, your trustworthiness, your constancy toward us, we give you thanks for prayers answered in the year behind us. For prodigal sons and daughters who found their way home. For those who were lost in the darkness of sin that came to a saving knowledge of Jesus as Lord and Savior. Those we've been praying for for a long time. God, for jobs needed that you have provided. For stability to families that you have brought and given by your grace and mercy. Your faithfulness to build your church in all the world on the gospel and confession that Jesus is the Christ. God, thank you for being faithful. Thank you for being faithful even in the circumstances and events of the past year that we're still not sure what you were doing in them. God, there are moments in my life over the last year that I still, even looking back, I don't know what you were doing in me and in my life, but you were doing something. And I know that in time there will be the ability to see, and, and, and I'll be able to see what you are doing. And even though I may not know it now, Lord, I know that you were faithful even then to do in me what you desire, what is for your glory and for my sanctification. So God, thank you for working, even in the midst of situations where we're not, we're not sure what you're doing, but we know that you are at work in us. And we pray, Lord, thanking you for your faithfulness to us in the year ahead knowing that despite what we do, regardless of what sin we may commit or what great work we may do in your power, that you will still be faithful to all your purposes. I'm reminded of your word, God, what you say about yourself in 2 Timothy 2, 11-13. The saying is trustworthy. For if we have died with him, with Christ, we'll also live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. If we deny him, he will deny us. If we are faithless... He remains faithful, for He cannot deny Himself. God, we thank You already for the ways in the year ahead of us, in 2023 and beyond, for the ways that You will be true to Yourself and to build Your church in all the world. God, thank You for being faithful. Thank You for being trustworthy. We praise You for being a God that we can lean on and depend on in prayer. Well, finally, church, we take time to remind ourselves of who God is, who it is that we're praying to. And I pray, I really do pray that that is uh, clear to you this morning. You're reminded of the nature and the character of the one that we cry out to. We confess the reasons that we don't pray. Sin, disobedience, selfishness, lack of faith, maybe other things. Thanking God for the ways that He's been faithful to us. Finally, we do well in our prayer to plead with God. To ask Him to show up, to help, to attend to our needs. It's with all the knowledge of God that we pray to. Having set aside and begun repentance of our prayerlessness with gratitude for who God is and what He's done. That we bring Him all of our requests. Especially those unspoken ones. We're mindful and we must be mindful that this great privilege of prayer 
has been bought for us by Christ Himself. The author of Hebrews writes in Hebrews chapter 4, verses 14 through 16, these words. He says, Since then, we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. So let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Friend, why is it that we can come to God with all of our requests and all of our sins without fear of judgment? Because Christ, our sinless lamb and perfect priest, has given us his life, has given his life in the place of our sin. Why is it that we can trust that God hears us when we cry to Him? Just because He's got big ears? No. Because Jesus, His Son, has personally brought us to the Father. Why can we speak in prayer what is so terrifying sometimes to say out loud to others? Because God is ready to give mercy and grace in time of need because Jesus, His Son, has given His life for sinners. The many unspoken prayer requests that we hold, whether they be sins that need confession, mercy from God, help in a time of crisis, these are all appropriate prayers to pray and to bring boldly and with confidence to God because Christ gives us confidence to pray them. All the things that we often don't pray or don't pray out loud, or won't ask other people specifically to pray for us about, we ought to be able to bring with confidence because Jesus has paid the price for our sin and has brought us personally to the Father as we trust in Him. All the same, we ought not to keep these things, these difficult, these hard matters for prayer, we ought not to keep these things just between us and God. Yes, we have confidence to bring them to God, but... We shouldn't keep them just between us and God. In fact, it's much better to pray about these matters to God with others and for others. For other people to know what those unspoken things are so that they can pray specifically about them with us. Listen again, the brother of Jesus, James, in James chapter 5. But James just has a lot of practical wisdom for praying, doesn't he? James 5, 13 to 16, he says to the church, Is anyone among you suffering? let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he'll be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins silently by yourself to God with no one ever knowing. No. He says, therefore, confess your sins to one another. And pray for one another that you may be healed. For the prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. Confess your sins to one another. Pray for one another that you may be healed. My invitation to you this morning, and this is where we've been headed, is to pray. Whatever left, whatever is left, whatever remains in your heart 
to pray to God. You know who it is that we pray to. You've confessed your prayerlessness. You've begun confession of sin with God. That's good. You've thanked him for his faithfulness. That's wonderful. But now we're going to lean into supplication. We're going to lean into what is it that you need from God? My guess is some of you probably have some unspoken prayer requests that need to be prayed out loud with other people this morning. And this is just from, from a pastor's heart. And it's not just mine. I know it's Pastor Danny's too. We, we talk about these things because we care about you as a church and we care about our own lives and our own growth and sanctification as followers of Jesus. We don't do this thing called Christianity. We don't follow Jesus as individual islands all after him on our own path. We do this as a family of faith. It's a body of Christ that we are. We do this together in community. We see all over the New Testament, this encouragement, uh, these two words, one another, one another, one another, all over the place. We've seen them uh, even here in James chapter 5. Confess your sins to one another and pray for one another. Sin is scary. Not just scary to commit, it's it's scary to confess. And yet, there is so much healing that the Lord is waiting to do in us until we confess that sin, and not just to Him, but to other people too. How many of us struggle quietly with sins that we've never shared with another brother or sister, and in so doing we suffer all alone, not knowing that they too suffer all the same with all the same stuff? We have unspoken prayer requests, and, 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 and we pray about things that we don't know any of the details about. We just say, God, here's this unspoken prayer request, and Do whatever you need to do there. I don't know how to pray, but you'll fix it. And that's not a bad way to pray, but it's not a knowledgeable way to pray. How can we really depend on God if we don't know the severity of the situation and able to to come to a place where we're at the end of ourselves and we must depend on God? Brothers, how can we depend on God for His help and sanctification if we can't confess our sins to other brothers? specifically and honestly, and let them shoulder and carry that burden with us. Sisters, how can, how can we endure in life under the pressures and the difficulties of, of just all that comes with living in the world if we're not willing to share with other sisters who struggle with the same thing, that they might pray knowledgeably and specifically and even tangibly like, like as one who knows what we're suffering can pray for us. I don't know what keeps us from sharing the things that we need to pray out loud, those unspoken prayer requests. I don't know what keeps them unspoken all the time. But we ought to be able to speak them. We ought to be able to pray for one another specifically, knowingly, intentionally, mindfully. We ought to be able to trust our brothers and sisters with sensitive information. We ought to be trustworthy to our brothers and sisters with sensitive and difficult information to pray well with them and for them. In our last section of prayer, and we'll take as much time as we need here this morning, I want you to pray pleading with God for whatever it is you need. All of us have something. We've been praying individually. We've been praying sort of privately in our seats. But at this point, I want to invite you to to move if you need to and pray with someone else. As we pray, I want you to think about what it is that you need from God. Do you need wisdom from God? Do you need courage from Him? Do you need faith? Do you need strength? Do you need salvation from your sin by trusting in Jesus? 
Ask Him this morning. What do you need to confess? Do you need to confess hidden sins? Do you need to confess hindering habits? Do you need to confess vengeful anger? Confess your sins to one another and pray for one another, God in His Word tells us, so that you may be healed. What are you seeking God's intervention for in your life? Is there family strife? Do you need God's help? Do you need provision of a job? Do you need, are you praying for? Do you need God's help in the salvation of a loved one? A lost mother or father, son, cousin, close friend? Do you need God to give faith to believe to, and to be saved to someone in your life? And I want you to think about whose help you need in praying specifically about these things. Yes, of course, God is ready to help us to pray well and to pray as we ought to. But we're also commanded to pray with others. To, to lean on other people in prayer. Whose help do you need to pray for what you need from the Lord this morning? The help of your spouse? Help of a family member? You need help from a Bible study leader or a grow group leader or, or some other members? Uh, maybe one of your pastors this morning to pray for these things? My very dear friends and brothers and sisters, we pray to a God who sees and who knows all that we hold secret, and all that we speak aloud. He already knows the best answer and the best response to what it is that we need. And He has proved His faithfulness to us in the past, so we should have all that much more confidence in Him that He'll be faithful in the future. So I invite us now to bring our prayers to Him together. We've been praying privately, individually, in our seats, but now I want you to find someone to pray with this morning. You may need to move around the room. Maybe you need to circle up some chairs. You need to move quickly. We don't have until 2 o'clock. Although, if you want to, if you need to, we'll do it. But move about the room. Find those that you need to speak to aloud, uh, those unspoken prayer requests. We know who we pray to. Not a God who's far off, but one who's imminently near. We know that He already knows all the things. And I'm not, I'm not asking all of you to... To, to broadcast aloud all of those things that previously or, or maybe are still sensitive, but find a trusted brother or sister. Pray with Pastor Danny or me. We'll be here at the front in just a moment to pray with if you have one of those prayer needs. But find someone to pray with and to plead to God with. Why? Because the prayer of a righteous person has much, has much power, as much uh, great power as it is working. So I invite you now, join with one another in praying mindfully praying specifically, praying dependently on God for these matters that need His intervention and His provision. If there are sins that are plaguing your heart, find someone to confess them to this morning and ask for help in walking in repentance. If there's family strife, find someone to pray with about it, to share some of those struggles that we might pray knowingly for one another and follow up and care in that way. If you need salvation this morning, you come here today thinking you'd just hear some songs and a sermon, but instead you're here with the church praying and you feel the Spirit of the Lord is leading you to a greater understanding of your sin and your need for a Savior, and you have come to see that Jesus, our great high priest, the Son of God, who died on the cross for sins, died for your sins and was raised from the dead to make you right with God, and you need to be saved today, make that the content of your prayer this morning. But however you need to plead with God this morning in prayer, the God who hears and who knows and is ready to answer, pray to Him now. Find someone to pray with and let's spend some time praying to our God, pleading with our God who answers prayer.
our strong and saving God who has given His own Son for our salvation. It is to You that we bring all of the sins, all of the crises, all of the struggles, every word of praise, every need of our hearts to You this morning. Because we know that You are powerful. We know that You know us. We know that you know what is best for us and long to give it. We know that we have confidence to ask of you great things and hard things because of who Jesus is, your son who gave his life for us to be our great high priest, bring us into your presence. I thank you, Lord, for our church that desires to pray and who takes opportunity to pray together like this. And it is my prayer, Father, that you would, one, begin answering the requests that have been made to you in faith and dependence on Jesus here in this place this morning. Begin answering them today. God, we know that you'll be faithful to answer all things according to your will and your riches in glory. Sometimes, God, your answer to our prayer is yes. Sometimes what we need to hear from you is no. And sometimes what you, your answer to our prayer is, is to wait. And so, Lord, give us receptive hearts that we might receive your answer to prayer and that we would continue to plead with you to keep asking, to keep seeking, to keep knocking, knowing that you, our good Father, delight to give good gifts to your children, gifts that are for our good, for our sanctification, toward our salvation, for your glory. Father, I know that you've heard the prayers of your people this morning, and we thank you for hearing them. We praise you that you hear them and that you'll respond. Holy Spirit of God, give us patience as we wait for the answer. Give us softness of heart to respond in obedience to whatever it is that you're calling us to do this morning. We thank you for forgiveness of sins that is ours in Jesus' name. And by faith in him, we thank you for sanctification that takes place through the power of the Spirit as we lean on him. And we thank you, God, for the ongoing privilege of approaching you confidently in prayer as we have this morning. So now, God, as we respond to you in song, we ask that you would continue to work in our hearts. Lead us to uh, obey and respond in faith to all that you have asked us and brought us to do and, and shown us we ought to do in prayer this morning. We thank you, God, for hearing us. We pray you continue speaking. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, church, I'm going to invite you to stand as we respond in, in music. Nothing warms a pastor's heart more than to stand in front of his congregation as they are praying together with one another just to hear the just that hum of prayer. It blesses my heart today. Church, thank you for praying today. For doing business with God today. Amen. Amen. Our benediction this morning is from Numbers 6. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine on you. Be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. God bless you. We're dismissed.